Hey everybody, welcome to Renewing the Center. Uh, this is Chris, and today we're going to be looking at Psalm 65, which is one of our daily office readings uh, in today's daily lectionary. I'm going to read, then we're going to pray, and then we're just going to jump in and look at what a cultivated life actually looks like. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide the people with grain, for so you have prepared it. You water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, softening it with showers, and blessing its growth. You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with richness. The pastures of the wilderness overflow. The hills gird themselves with joy. The meadows clothe themselves with flocks. The valleys deck themselves with grain. They shout and sing together for joy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, I thank you for this beautiful farming imagery, Lord. Oh, man, we live in cities. Uh, God, I spend most of my time surrounded by tall buildings and concrete. And so to imagine such a beautiful pastoral setting is um, it's good. It's good for the soul. And so, Lord, I pray that you would give us a sense today of how these words uh, from the psalm uh, can speak to the way our lives, the contour, the shape of our lives, the way our lives ought to be, what you do and how you invite us to participate with you in cultivating a life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I chose this reading from the selection uh, because it's uh, beautiful. Uh, it's, I think, actually very uh, practical in helping us understand how we partner with God to build a life. And so I'm just going to walk through these verses and highlight a couple of things that are just right there in the psalm. First, rain. We're told that God visits the earth and waters it. Um, and what this teaches me and I think is meant to teach all of us is that we cannot initiate spiritual growth any more than we can initiate natural growth. The power or initiative does not ultimately reside within creatures of the earth, even really smart ones. Rain comes and it initiates the power for life, which comes from God. And in a world where we have so many um, artificial means to uh, create water fields and to create um, helps for ourselves, we sometimes forget this, that the beautiful imagery of the ancient world is that this kind of provision, water, uh, only came from the Lord. Uh, it only comes from God. And it enriches the world. It enhances the potential for life. And so I just want to say that I think one of the most important things we can see here in this psalm is that the potential for life in your life, um, the, the way that life moves from potential to something real is because of the catalytic energy of God. And I think about the rain as a wonderful metaphor for that. Uh, I can, and just recently did, put a lot of grass seed down in my uh, lawn. And we don't have irrigation in this space. And apart from rain, the birds would have just come and eaten those seeds. Uh, but when the rain came, the fescue began to germinate. And it was wonderful for me because it was a reminder that I was utterly dependent upon a process that I had no control over, that the skies would open up and rain would come or growth would not occur. I believe the Lord wants us to learn how to stand in his rain, to create time to reflect, uh, time to make ourselves aware of God's life, 
uh, time to reflect upon the places in our own lives where we are in need of repentance and growth, to pay attention, to cultivate awareness. And this requires that we figure out what it means to slow down and be reflective people. I believe that many of us are leading lives that are largely reactive. What does it look like for you to stand intentionally in God's reign? To become aware of his energy and life, his nourishment. What does it look like for you to do that? I believe it requires that we move out of our heads. I believe that a big part of this learning to stand in God's reign is that we acknowledge that we're not primarily brains on a stick, that we're not primarily thinking things. I believe that you and me, we have to find times and spaces to make ourselves aware and that's quiet space. It, this is this is why uh, Nowen and Willard and Richard Foster and uh, a countless host of spiritual leaders have said that silence and solitude are the core founding building blocks of the spiritual life unless we find time to be still, to be quiet. And that's one of the major purposes of this podcast is to get you into a space to where you're not just cramming more information in your head. Y'all, we don't need more information. We have access to more information than at any other time in human history, and yet we're not doing better. Silence and solitude, learning to be still, that's primarily, I believe, how we get into the quote-unquote reign that only God can provide. The Lord wants us, I think, to create expectant spaces, places where we not only just like, wistfully hope for God's comfort and his help, but we expect it. In my time with God, I expect him to show me his goodness and kindness. I expect his life. Uh, and I believe cultivating a sense of quiet, settled expectation is vital. And I expect it in the same way that when I was looking out my window after putting that seed down. And, you know, I mean, I put like two bags. Seeds are really expensive now. It's like a hundred bucks worth of seed. And as soon as I put it down, I thought, dear Lord, I should have looked at the weather forecast. What if it doesn't rain for two weeks? You know, this is going to be ruined. A hundred bucks ruined. I'll, I'll, I remember even as I sit here and interestingly enough, looking out the window of my office, it's raining right now, uh, which is amazing. Uh, good timing, I guess. I remember when the rain started to fall, I thought, oh, thank God. Where, where do you need the rain to fall? Where do you need to know that God is God and that you're not? Where's he inviting you into some quiet, some stillness? So the second thing we see in this poem is that not only does God make it rain, he also creates a river. And I love this idea of a river running through it. You know, the, the, the image of a river as it relates to a farm, you know, is beautiful. It's like you, you see rivers um, create a kind of central vein through lots of farmland, uh, green valleys, fertile valleys on either side of a river. And when I hear this in the poem of, of Psalm 65, my mind goes to the river that Jesus speaks about in John 7 when he speaks of the Holy Spirit. He says this, he who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But by this, he spoke of the spirit whom we were to believe. We're told that the Holy Spirit is with us forever, like a river running right through the dry places in our lives, that 
we have access to the Holy Spirit, that we are then meant to grow just like crops grow beside an abundant river. There's this ancient prayer in the church, one of the oldest prayers in the church, three words, come Holy Spirit. The Spirit is near to us, not remote. In the same way that a river runs through the middle of this farm in the poem, God wants us to know that not only does he provide the rain, but that the springs bubbling up, the work of the Holy Spirit is meant to run right through the middle of our lives. And we have access to the Spirit. I have a a tattoo on the inside of my arm um, of a wild goose. And it's, it's a, it's a big tattoo and it's on the inside of my arm because it's a bit hidden. Um, the Irish referred to the Holy spirit as a wild goose, uh, elusive, beautiful, not, not tamed. The river of God that runs through our life is not something we can dam up and control. And, but it is, the provision of God for us. And I think many of us just need to cultivate more of an awareness in the same way that he wants us to go out and quote unquote, stand in the rain and receive God's provision. He wants us, I think, to find the river and to be near to that river of never ending flow of God's reality in his presence. The Holy Spirit is your river. God has sent his spirit and we're meant to Recognize that we have access to the Holy Spirit, and yet that requires intentionality on your part. And that's what gets us to the last bit of this poem. What we see then is a cultivated farm located next to the river. The, the farmer builds her farm by the flow of the Spirit's work. Not up on the ridge, not way, way out, not in a different space, but right there by where the flow of the river is located. So the Spirit's work is where we're meant to build our lives. And when we do that, we do have a part to play. I mean, we, we see everything here. The, the, it, there are ridges, there are furrows, there are wagon tracks, there are planted crops. Those are all the participation of human beings as we try to build a life. Like what we see here is a cultivated place. This is not just like pure wildness. There, there's a farm. <laughs> Your life is meant to be a farm and the farm is best built. The life is best built by the flow of where the nourishment of the water of the Holy Spirit exists. There's an air of intentionality here. Where are you building your life? You know, I, I you know, spent an not a ton of time, but enough time in the woods to know that like if you're camping, you want to camp somewhere near a water source because you don't want to be hauling water back and forth for great distances. And if you think about being a settler, right, like building a farm, um, your farm will flourish when it is near abundant water supply. That That's like a, a, a truth that's as old as time itself. The life here is built, intentionally built. You're meant to build your life with intentionality, but to do so near the places where the life of God feels abundant. I think this has something to do with like the jobs we do. The, um, I, one of my, my children pivoted her major halfway through college because she realized that what she was studying was not going to be where the water was, where the life was, where the intuitive kind of like gifting and abundance was located. And she made a really courageous choice to pivot that course of study in the middle of her course of study. I have, I have another kid who 
pursued a degree and now is pursuing something that's adjacent to it, but not identical to what she studied because she's finding out where the life is for her. I think too often we just don't build a life where we have easy access to the water. And that takes some trial and error. Uh, it takes some humility. It takes some courage. And so I just want to ask you, where do you sense the life of God, the work of the Spirit, the abundance, the green, fertile? Where's that in your life? And where are there some really dry places? Let's build with intentionality while we acknowledge that only God provides the showers and only God provides the river and only God provides the season of growth that all of us long for. That's true. And he says, build there. Build where that life is. God bless you. Go in peace. See you soon.